0: God. Praise, god. Praise, god. praise god are you really really ready yes. to meet with daddy yes. to meet with god your father yes, yes, yes. are you ready yes. you sure you're ready yes. praise god now before we start as we are praying as we are praying i got this word god saying to somebody here stop looking back stop looking backwards Now, focus on moving forward. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He's the one that will move you away from your difficult past to a future that he's completely in charge of. You might be that person, but take hold of that word and run with it. It doesn't matter what you have been passing through or what you have passed through. We've all passed through very difficult times. I have. Many of us have fallen down. I have. Many of us have failed. I have. Many of us have sinned since we became Christians. I have. Don't let the devil keep beating you. Amen. Amen. That word, I believe, is from God for somebody. Today we are continuing our message on uh, Samuel. And the task uh, that I have been given is to look at 1 uh, S- Samuel chapter 12. Now, Rebecca last week took a global view of the entire book of Samuel, and she she, she told us what this book was all about or what it's all about. I, w- I just wanted to add that the book of Samuel is cited in, in the Bible at a very critical, crucial stage in the life of the nation of Israel. It's it's a point of transition. At a point of transition. The entire book of Samuel the history in the life of that nation. And first Samuel chapter 12 is also very critical. It is pivotal. It is a transition point in the life of the nation of Israel. When you look at Samuel, it is the, the time of the move away from the judges. Now, Moses led Israel out of Egypt and he handed over to Joshua. Joshua helped the Israelites to settle, to, to get settled in Promised Land. He helped them to share the land. He, 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 he helped them to, to see and appreciate and began to claim the land for, the, for, for themselves, as God promised. From the time Joshua died until Samuel's time, a period of about 350 years, what is the Israelites had were judges. And every single moment they didn't have a judge, they completely blew it. They did terrible things. For a period of 350 years, you had a people who did their own thing, who lived their own lives, who simply took charge of their destinies and some of them became gods to themselves. And when they were not worshipping themselves, they chose gods for themselves. They chose gods that they had by themselves created or they simply chose gods of the nations that they took over from. In fact, at a point in time, Things were so bad, so bad, that the very sin for which God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah took place in the land of Israel. Exactly the same sin for which God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Things were that bad. So, looking at this, at this scripture, for me, it's, it's God stepping into the lives of of, of this chosen people of his, the people he has called his own, and said, look here. I love you. You know, I want you to hear this. I love you. You have failed, but I love you. You haven't served me the way you ought to serve me, but I still love you. God pouring out his grace over and over and over again and demonstrating it to his people. I think that that is the best way I could possibly summarize First Samuel 12. You see here, it says at this point in time, in Judges, chapter, uh, Judges 21, just towards the end, as I was saying, see, ev- in those days, Israel had no king. Everyone did as they saw fit ask yourself, if you left us to our own devices without the Holy Spirit, without Jesus Christ in our lives, how do you think we will live with ourselves? All you need to do is to look into the countries and into nations, into societies, into communities, where Jesus Christ is not king. And you see exactly what it will look like. Horrible, terrible situation. But God steps in. God came in and He began to reorder their lives. He began to tell them what was going to happen. The consequences, you know clearly, I've, I've, I've put it up there. Say, When you pray to me because you have chosen to live your own lives, I'm not going to hear you. You will cry out to me, I won't listen to you. You will make your sacrifices, I won't accept them because you have chosen to be your own man. You have chosen to form a government to yourself. Praise God. Now, before we start reading the scripture, I would like us to do something. If you don't mind, I would like us to stand and pray. Pray for yourself and just talk to God. That today God is going to speak to you in a way he has never done before. You know, God works in ways that are beyond our imagination. God God speaks, and you think you have read a scripture before, God begins to talk to you. In that same scripture, you say, whoa, I've never seen that before. Begin to talk to God. Just begin to ask God, Lord, today I open my heart to you. I invite you to come in. I invite you to speak to me. I invite you to transform my life. I invite you to today come in and take center stage in my life, and let it remain so from this hour on. Begin to talk to God. He's your father. He loves you. You see, he wants us to be completely and totally his. Perhaps, you know, you are are shy to speak to God in the public. Look, if someone is standing by you, lay, lay hands on somebody next to you. Just pray for the person next to you. Just pray for someone next to you. Today, I want a transformation in the life of my sister. I want a transformation in the life of my brother. I want my brother and my sister to leave this place today a different person. Speak to God. I surrender I surrender. All. I surrender I surrender on to Jesus. Blessed Savior, I surrender all. I surrender all. I surrender all. Yes, unto You, Jesus, I surrender. I surrender all unto Jesus. Blessed Savior, I surrender. Amen. Let us be seated. Thank you for being bold to stand up and speak to the Father in public. Amen. Amen. God is good. God is good. Amen. Amen. Now, the first, the, uh, uh, the, the first verse, it says, Samuel said to all Israel, I have listened to everything you said to me and have set a king over you. Now you have a king as your leader. As for me, I am old and gray and my sons are here with you. I have been your leader from my youth unto this day. Here I stand testify against me in the presence of the Lord and is anointed. Whose ox have I taken? Whose donkey have I taken? Whom have I cheated? Whom have I oppressed? From whose hand have I accepted a bribe to make me shut my eyes? If I have done any of these things, I will make it right. Verse 4. You have not cheated or oppressed us, he replied. You have not taken anything from anyone's hands. And Samuel said to them, the Lord is witness against you and also is anointed is witness this day that you have not found anything in my hand. They replied, he is witness. Here you see Samuel moving the people of God, the, the people of Israel, moving them away from the time of the judges and preparing them to hand them into the hands of a king. This is the first time. It's the first time that people are going to have a king. And it is not as if God did not know it was going to happen. God already said it will happen. In Deuteronomy, God already told them, I think Deuteronomy 17, he says to them, the time is going to come when you settle in your land and you have become fruitful and you have peace. You will ask me for a king. You will say you want to have a king like all the nations around you. God already knew. God said to them, when you are going to have that king, this is the kind of man you should choose to be your king. That man must be a man who fears God, who accepts God as his king. That is the kind of person you must choose. So God already warned ahead. Way, way back, it's there in scriptures. He already made it clear. So it wasn't, it wasn't a strange thing to Samuel at all. But Samuel is taking deliberate steps to ensure that he makes it clear to them. He reminds them of what they were about to step into. Second point is this. Samuel was a good man. The scripture here makes it clear. God attests to it. The people attest to it. But his children were not good men. His sons were not good men. In 1 Samuel 8, the people said that the children of Samuel were not behaving like Samuel. They took bribes. They behaved very badly. And they said that because of the behavior of the children of Samuel, they were asking for a king. Actually, that was the first reason they gave. For Samuel 8. The first reason they gave for asking or wanting a king was because the children of Samuel Not as good as their father. But you see, Samuel comes out here and states his case. I, as the one that God has chosen to lead you, I have led you well. I haven't taken anything from you. I have done what God expected me to do of you. But that is not to say that the people were good, even though they had a good leader. They were still not good. They still did a lot of bad things. Some wanted to make it known to them that because he had led according to the will of God, he would remain there with them to continue to provide spiritual leadership. It's not sneaking off. It's not as if he's going to hide and stop doing what he was supposed to do. But now the king will take over the kingly role of the republic. Let's put it that way. Let me continue. Verse 6. Then Samuel said to the people, It is the Lord who appointed Moses and Aaron and brought your ancestors out of Egypt. Now then, stand here, because I am going to confront you with evidence before the Lord as to all the righteous acts performed by the Lord for you and your ancestors. Verse 8. After Jacob entered Egypt, sorry, I think I should move on. Yeah, I haven't moved on. Yeah. After Jacob entered Egypt, they cried to the Lord for help, and the Lord sent Moses and Aaron, who brought your ancestors out out of Egypt and settled them in this place. But they forgot the Lord their God, so they sold So he sold them into the hand of Sisera, the commander of the army of Hazel, and into the hands of the Philistines and of the king of Moab, who fought against them. They cried out to the Lord and said, We have sinned, we have forsaken the Lord, and have served Baals and Ashtoreths. But now deliver us from the hands of our enemies, and we will serve you. Then the Lord sent Zerubbabel and Barak, Jephthah and Samuel, and he delivered you from the hands of your enemies all around you so that you lived in safety. You lived in safety. Why? Because God had mercy on you, God heard your cries, and God listened to you, and God saved you from your enemies. Not because you were doing good according to the teachings of God, but because God had mercy on you because God's mercy was available. That is simply the reason. God provided leaders at each point in time to ensure that your enemies did not oppress you forever. Yes, the people acknowledged that all of this time, they continued to blow it, that they were not getting it right. They kept forgetting God. As soon as they have peace, as soon as they became comfortable, they simply forgot God who saves them. Just like us. You know, you pray, you ask God, He answers you, He provides for you. You know, all the time. You just hear, you you just receive as you pray. And then you suddenly forget the God from whom you have received. To live in eternal thanksgiving, to live and to have a heart that is constantly, that is constantly happy and And thankful to God is one gift that we ought to be asking of the Holy Spirit. Because it's not humanly possible. The reality is, it is not humanly possible to remain and constantly remain grateful to God or grateful to people for the things they do do for us or to us. We need to ask God for a grateful heart. Verse 12. But when you saw that Nahash, king of the Amorites, was moving against you, you said to me, no, we want a king to rule over us, even though the Lord your God was your king. Now, here is the king you have chosen, the one you asked for. See, the Lord has set a king over you. If you fear the Lord and serve and, serve and obey him and do not rebel against his commands, and if both you and the king who reigns over you follow the Lord your God, that is good. But if you do not obey the Lord, and if you rebel against his commands, his hand will be against you, and as, as it was against your ancestors. Now then, stand still and see this great thing that the Lord is about to do before your eyes. Is it not wheat harvest now? I will call on the Lord to send thunder and rain, and you will realize what an evil thing you did in the eyes of the Lord when you asked for a king. Then Samuel called call on the Lord. And that same day the Lord sent thunder and rain. So all the people stood in awe. And the the Lord the, and, and in awe of the Lord and of Samuel. And the people and the people all said to Samuel, Pray to the Lord your God for, for your servants, so that we will not die. For we have had to all our other sins the evil of asking for a king. We have added to all our other sins. In that now, we are not, it's not just that we have rebelled against God. It's not just that we have, we have refused or, or not paid heed to his commandments. Now we have rejected God from being our king. At least that was the bottom line. Up until this time, God was both spiritual and earthly king over the nation of Israel. At this point in time, the people of Israel decided that they want a visible earthly king. King. Somebody they could see, somebody that can lead them out, somebody that can that can be dressed to make look like a powerful or conquering figure. Somebody that they could trans- transfer their affection to as our leader. Our leader. That was the kind of thing they wanted because that was what they were seeing around them. But look at the, 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 the starting point. The starting point was that these people enjoying all the benefits of God, that God will provide, all the good things that God will give, never at any point in time had their heart completely transformed. And we are going somewhere with this. Because now we live in a different time. We live in a different age. We live in a different generation. We are now God's chosen people. People whose lives and whose sins have not been covered, but blotted away. People whose sins are not regularly covered by the blood of bulls and rams, but people whose sins have been wiped away once and for all. People who are not having to come before an earthly throne or altar to ask God for mercy or forgiveness, but people who have a high priest who is alive and is sitting in glory in God's very presence, making intercessions for them. Jesus, the Lamb of God. He lives and is in God's presence, sitting at God's right hand, Doing what? Only one thing he does. Every moment of the hour, only one thing Jesus does. He lives to make intercession for you and for us. That is what he does. That is the difference. Our heart is no longer dead in sin. We now have a heart that has been circumcised and has been, has been changed completely. At this point in time, these people lived in an era when their heart was never, they, it was never changed. They never experienced the power of the Holy Spirit like you experience now. Only occasionally, a few individuals experience the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, like what we see with King Saul at a point in time when he was anointed by, by, by Samuel, the Holy Spirit came upon Saul, and the people saw him behaving in a way that was completely different from normal. and they asked, is Saul now one of the prophets? It's different for us. For us, when you come before God, and you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you step out in faith, and begin to ask him to do the things that he has promised to do, he says, as you look Into his word, you are transformed every moment. From one degree of glory to the next. Every moment you are transformed. Your life is changed. Your heart is never the same. When Jesus Christ resides in you and Jesus Christ is your Lord, your life never remains the same. You are no longer living dead in sin. You are now alive in Christ Jesus in the righteousness that only heaven can impact mankind. That is the difference. That is the difference. If you don't appreciate that, you will continue to struggle like people who do not know their God. The Word of God says to us that they who know their God. Those who know their God, they shall be what? They shall be strong and they shall do exploits. You are to live a life that is not subjected to the accusations of Satan that you are a sinner and therefore you cannot overcome sin. Look, my brothers and sisters, when Satan hits you and you fall into sin, get up and tell him, I am alive in Christ Jesus. You Allow anyone accuse you and hold you down in sin. That is not the life that Jesus Christ has called you to live. At this point in time that was the life they lived they lived under constant accusation of the enemy and of man constantly they all looked all the time how many times they have failed and how many times they have lost it at this point in time we live in the power of the holy spirit we live under the grace awesome, mighty grace of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, the lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the earth. Jesus Christ, the prince of peace, the one who says it and it happens. He is the word of God. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Jesus Christ. He says let there be and it happens. He says your eyes be open. They are open. He touches you. You receive that which you need for life and for godliness. That is a life into which Jesus has called you to live. Amen. Praise God. God is good. We do not need to be ashamed. We do not need to be ashamed. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. It is the power of God unto salvation in my life. When I fall into sin, I boldly get up and tell the devil, you have lost it again. You have failed again. You tried, but you have failed. Because in me, the Spirit of God is alive. I am not ashamed to say I have failed. I will not be afraid to tell you that I am a winner in Christ Jesus. you must deal with a key reason why people remain in sin. You must deal with a key reason why people remain in sin. And that key reason usually is pride. Pride. They are too proud to own up to God that they have sinned. They are too proud To accept that they are only humans. They are too proud to accept that except Jesus Christ is doing it in their lives, they cannot, I repeat, they cannot overcome the devil. The only way, the only power, the only power you have to overcome the devil is the power of Christ in you, which is the hope of glory. That, that is the only way you can do it. So, if we went the way of the nation of Israel, will we constantly fail? Will we constantly tell ourselves how many sins we, have com- we are, are committing? Will we constantly remind ourselves how hopeless our situation is? But you see, our situation is not hopeless at all. Verse 20, do not be afraid, Simon replied. You have done all this evil, yet do not turn away from the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. Serve the Lord with all your heart. Do not turn away after useless idols. They can do you no good, nor can they rescue you, because they are useless, utterly useless. You see, I come from a place where, when you talk of idols, idols are real. I haven't seen any here yet. I walk around with my eyes very wide open, but I haven't seen any yet. But where I come from, I see idols. You know, real idols. People carve it and they place it in the corner. They come with a chicken or a goat. And they slaughter and pour the blood. They pour oil. And they bow down before them. And they do all kinds of things. They take beads and hang on their neck. You see that? So it's a reality. But that is not to say that you don't have idols in this community. Or in the West. You could become an idol unto yourself. You could begin to worship yourself. You worship your position. You worship your power. You worship your money. You worship how good-looking you are. You simply worship yourself. You worship your wife. You worship your girlfriend. You worship your husband. You worship the properties that you have. You worship your community. How wonderful and beautiful your country is. You worship. Those are idols. They may not look as horrible as the idols that are there, in some parts of Africa or other parts of the world. They may not be as horrible as some of the idols I, have, I, I saw, I've seen, and I see people worshipping. But they are as dreadful, they are as deadly, they are as awful, they are as horrible, they are as wicked as those other idols. They are no different. Absolutely no different. God says, I, the Lord, shall be your God. I alone, you shall not serve any other God. So if the God you are worshipping is yourself, it's time to come before the cross. Lay before the cross and say, Lord, crucify me. Just, just, just. Take the self away. I surrender completely to you. If it is your property, if it's your position, whatever it is, hand it to Jesus. Surrender it. It is time to seek God, to follow Him, and to worship Him and Him alone. Praise God. How much time do we have, Paul? One minute. If you leave me, I keep talking. Praise God. Yes. You see, if you leave me, I keep talking. I haven't started. (laughs) Praise God. I haven't started. (laughs) God is good. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Yeah. So I am going to just rush through this. And then we pray. It's up there on the screen. You can look at it. Because I don't have the time. Yes, read it. Amen. Because if I am going to be talking about them, there are several scriptures, as you can see, that are loaded on age. And each of these scriptures, I tell you, they are life-transforming. There are scriptures that tell you where you where you are now and where you ought to be and where you should be going to. Amen. But I summarize by saying this. In this period of transition, in the life of the nation of Israel, Samuel decided to prepare them and ensure. That he set them up for success. Say, I'm handing over now. I've led you well. You accept that I've led you well. God is our witness that I have led you well. Now I'm handing you over to a king who will lead you, henceforth. In your own life, are you willing, are you ready to transit from the love of self to the love of the Almighty God? Are you ready and are you willing to transit? Hold the hand of Jesus. Cry out to him, like Paul We say, I forget the things that are behind now I look forward, I pursue, I run after the glory that has been set before me. That is where I'm looking forward to attain. I want to attain to that glory. I want to gain that crown. He says I do not box aimlessly like a boxer who is hitting the air. I box accurately as a master, master of the game. I walk towards ensuring that when the time comes, I will receive my crown of glory. Are you, are you ready to transcend? Because Jesus has already done it. He said, I have translated you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Into the kingdom of Jesus. You are no longer your own. You now belong to Christ Jesus, our Lord, our Master, our King, the Son of the living God. Jesus Christ, who is alive today. The one Who will come in glory. And he's coming to take us home. And finally I say this. You have no reason to be afraid of going to hell. Hello? (laughs) You have no reason to be afraid of going to hell. What you should be afraid of is losing heaven. That is a dreadful bit. That after all that you have done. You will, you will miss the opportunity to spend a time eternity in glory in the presence of the almighty God. It should not be that you are going to hell. No, it shouldn't, be your, it shouldn't be something that is you are afraid of. You should be worried and afraid. Say, Lord, I don't want to miss heaven. No, not that I don't want to go to hell. No, I don't want to miss heaven. I don't want to miss heaven. I want to be with you. One of the songs we sang today talked about transiting into eternity with him. Amen. Let's stand up and pray. Father in heaven, we give you glory. We thank you, Lord, because we know that you are the one who has saved us. You are the one who sent your son, Jesus Christ, who derubed himself of all his heavenly glory, came down into the world, took our place on the cross of Calvary, died a shameful and a painful death so that we may have life and have life in abundance. Thank you, Jesus, that you died for us. Thank you, Jesus, that you sent your Holy Spirit to us. Thank you, because today we are alive in you. Satan has lost the battle over our lives because now we belong to you. Thank you for the grace to reject Satan. Thank you for the grace to receive you. We honor you in our lives today. And we honor you in this church today. Perhaps there is anyone in this congregation, oh Lord God our Father, who is yet to accept you fully. We lift that person up before you. We ask that you speak to them directly. Even in the quietness of their rooms. Speak to them Lord and Father. Anyone with a need of intervention in your life today to transcend, to move away from the past and step into a glorious future with you. Father, we pray for that person today that Lord, you will touch them. You will snatch them away from the dark past and bring them into the light of your kingdom and let your blessings overwhelm them. Fill their hearts and their their minds with your peace. Your peace that passes all human understanding. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you very much for listening.